with the uh, <coughs> congregation Wednesday night. And uh, lo and behold, last night, man in California took a pistol and several pistols and over five, 400 rounds of ammunition and killed up a bunch of people. I think six of them died plus him at seven. And he injured about 13 or more. Uh, we want to keep him in prayer. You know, God be trying to warn us people. Uh, and we really do need to take heed about what God is saying when he be saying it, you know. And not take offense to what God is trying to tell us. Because he's really trying to protect us and get us to get to that place of understanding and knowledge. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your holy name right now. Father, I ask that bring forth this word that I must decrease as you increase, Father. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to glorify your name. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we ask, Lord, that you will consider us this morning in a most favorable way. In spite of all our dispositions, Father, we just ask in your precious name that you will help us and that you will guide us and that you will keep us in the way. This is my prayer to you this morning for your people as well as myself. Father, I pray for the world and its condition. I pray for the people that are in the world and their conditions, Father. Father, I pray for the condition of the church and the condition of the souls of the people that make up the church. Father, I ask in your holy name that you would continue to guide us and be with us. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. In the book of Luke, fifth chapter, as I lift the title up off this page, it will be as thus, it takes all kinds. Once again, the title of this message today is It Takes All Kind. Chapter 5 of the book of Luke. Verse 1 reads, And it came to pass that as the word of God, or as the, that the people pressed upon him to hear, the word of God. He stood by the lake of Genezareth. Father, I ask right now, Lord, that you will help me to make this a clear and a concise word to give to your people. As I try to maneuver through the spirit to bring forth what you would have this word to say. The Bible tells us here that the people were, they were pressing. That means that they had a desire to hear the word of God. And they pressed upon him to hear this word of God. And, and, and he was standing, it says, he stood by the lake of Genezareth. Now, the lake represents a reservoir, a place that's holding something known as water. 
here seen as blessings and spiritual evidence of God. But Genezareth means a very lovely melody. Now before I break this down and get into the spiritual aspect of this, Ephesians 5.19 tells us that we are to sing psalms and give thanks and make a merry melody unto the Lord in our heart. Okay? So, when you look at Ephesians 5.19, it really corresponds with Genezaret because Genezaret means a very lovely melody, right? Now, watch this. Now, the people stood or they pressed upon him to hear the word of God because what was happening was as Jesus was about to give out the word of God, he was the one that was sending out that sweet melody that he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You see... When that certain melody from God reaches into your heart, it will cause you to want to hear what God has to say. Notice that the word of God said the people pressed their way. People, we need to take note of that word pressed. We need to learn how to press our way. You see, because through this melody, as Jesus stood and got ready to deliver the word of God, he sent out a sweet melody. And it caused the people to want to come to hear what he had to say. And... Verse 2 says, and saw two ships. There's a covenant here. Covenant. Two represents a covenant. There were two ships standing. Look what they were saying. <laughs> That's strange. Two ships. Now the word ships there represents souls. But look what they were doing. How can ships stand? They say the ships were standing. See, see, this is the words, this is the words that you got to catch to see what God is really saying. And saw two ships standing. I just told you those ships represent your soul, the souls of people. They were standing by the lake which held the blessings of God through the sweet melody that God was sending out. That's why Ephesians 5.19 tells us, Make a merry melody to the Lord in your heart. You see, you can't, you, you can't connect with God if you're not happy about him. You understand what I'm saying? See, you've got to be happy about this thing. You've got to want God in order for God to work in your behalf. Amen? You know, you see, we in America and throughout the world, everywhere that, 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 that this... Christian dome has gone out here that they call Christianity. It's a false religion. You see, they, they just got a casual thing with God. You know, they into that casual thing, you know. They into that casual thing. But you got to have a, 
melody in your heart through the good times, through the bad times, through the difficult times, through it all, you've got to learn how to keep a merry melody in your heart. He says, and he saw two covenant ships standing by the lake. But look what the fishermen were doing. The fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Well, Ephesians 5.26 tells us that we are sanctified and cleansed through the washing of the water by the word. You see. So here we see what's happening here. The ships are there. But there's an ironic thing going on here. Even though the ships are there, the fishermen that's supposed to be in the ship is somewhere else doing something else. How many times have we supposed to have been fishing for the truth within us but we out fishing for something else or doing something. How, how, how many times? How many times? You see what I'm saying here? Now, this net represents the mind. And the fisherman, that part of you that's supposed to be catching the fish, notice what it's doing. It's washing the nets. How many times have you tried to clean your own self up? On your own. You see, the words say now we are cleansed and sanctified by the washing of the water by the word. Well, they were doing that, but they were out of order doing it. You understand what I'm saying? Now, Jesus, he's singing out this melody, right? And he's dealing, because he always knows what's going on all around him, see? So Jesus, not only do he see the multitude coming, do y'all see the multitude? I do. I can see the hundred million. That's real. I can see it. I can see the views when I go to God tube and all of that. I can see the views in three days or four days or 300 and something people went and, 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 and viewed uh, last week's message. See, and, 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 and we got them things spotted all over the place. Going out through the internet, going out through, through television, you know, local, national, all over the place, world, you know. Hey, we don't... Can you see the multitude coming to hear the word of God? So you got to see it in the spirit realm. You, you can't get caught up on what you don't see. Start looking for what you can't see. Because what you can't see is more important than what you can see. If you don't believe it, let your mind shut down on you or let your heart shut down on you. You can't see it. But I guarantee you, if it shut down on you, you'll find out that it's the most important part on your body. Right? Or your kidney. You know, you can't see none of this stuff. Yeah. But by faith, you know it, right? You, by faith, if the doctor tells you you got a heart problem, or you got a kidney problem, or you got a blood problem, you, you, if you got good sense, you take heed. Now, am I right about it? Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Jesus is talking to us now about our vision, about what we see and what we don't see. So Jesus, he sees them. And he know that they're eager to hear, just like we do. But not only that, but he also sees what's going on back there in the water. He sees the ships standing. 
But he also sees that the fishermen that should be in the ship aren't in the ship, but they're there trying to do this thing on their own, wash their net. Why? Because they've been out all night long trying to catch something and ain't caught nothing. How many times during your time of adversity, the nighttime season, have you tried to fish and catch something and ain't nothing happening? How many times have you gone out to get a job and ain't nothing happening? You fishing, you know what I'm saying? How many times, people, have you gone to try to get a new home or a new car or something that you needed, but it just wasn't there and you were going through? You were really going through. So you decided to walk away from God or put God on the side for a minute. Because it wasn't happening fast enough for you. So you decided to take up your net yourself and try to do it. And here's Jesus. He sees what you're doing. But he says, I got you. I'm going to show you something just here in a minute about Jesus. Because Jesus already knows that he's about to make them something that they never thought that they could be. So Jesus takes and he recognizes the fact that these people are out of place. He recognizes that fact. He recognizes that they're trying to clean themselves up because they've been out fishing all night, but they don't have anything. So they're frustrated. They're probably a little bit angry. I know they're disappointed because they got a family to feed. And I know they're disappointed because they got a business to run. They were in business, the fisherman business. But watch what he did in verse 3. He says, and he entered into just one of the ships that was standing, by the way. Mm-hmm. He entered into one of them. Which one did he enter in, church? One named Simon. That's Peter. Guess what? Simon Peter means hearing of the word of God. You see, that's where God got to get you first to the place where you're willing to hear what he got to say. So he got to get, he got to find that place in you first. That's the ship that he went in. That's the place that he goes in first. Is that place where you are willing to hear the word of God. See, he knew that the people were pressing this way to hear the word. He already knew that because he was sending the melody out. But then he started sending it back that way. See, because he wanted to get them too. Now it's ironic that the ones that was last to hear the melody, he called to be first. You know, it's ironic, isn't it? He could have called somebody from the press, but he didn't. He was at that one back there that was in obsolete. You know, some of the last go further. Some of the last does. So watch watch Jesus. The Lord takes and he says here in verse 3 that and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon Peter, that's the hearing of the word of God, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And then he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. You understand what he did? He gave some instructions 
to those that will hear the word of God. He said, launch out. Launch out. Thrust out a little from the land. In other words, thrust yourself further from that worldly aspiration that you keep running at. Does it make sense? He said, thrust yourself away, little way. Just If you can just do it just a little way from the land, from that earthly stuff that you're running at. You know that old crazy stuff that you go through some changes about. You know what I'm saying? Wow. How do we get attached to insanity? You know what I'm saying? He said, thrust yourself out from that a little, just a little way. Because if I can get you to just move just a little bit away from it, then I might be able to get you to follow me. <laughs> but now, if you stay too close to that land over there, now you, you, you won't be able to follow me. So he gives us some instructions here. He says, thrust out a little from the land. And then he sat down. He didn't make no big hoodoo about it or nothing. He just simply gave him the, 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 the word. And then he sat down, and he began to teach them people again. Out of the ship. That's what God is doing now. See, Jesus just sat down in there, and he's teaching you. you. Now you see it in action. You see, you got to be able to see this thing in action. you got to be able to see what's on the pages of the book as it refers to now. And this is what he's doing now. He's simply sitting in this ship and teaching you. Now, whosoever has an ear to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. So look at verse 4. You're just going to walk. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, those that hear, after he done teaching, he said unto Simon, launch out. Now, first he said, now notice what he said to Simon in the beginning. Wow. Mm. He said, thrust it out just a little ways from the land, didn't he? That's what he said at first, right? But then he taught him, right? Now watch what he did. Look at the word in verse um, 4. Now he tells that same individual, launch out where? Uh-oh, now he won't. You see how he, he'll set you up? He'll set you up. See? He'll get you, get you just a taste of him just a little bit. Then he'll put a command on your life. Now you got to go deeper. You see? Now you got to go deeper. That's why we don't allow people to remain the same here. And we don't continue to do the same thing or let you do it to the point where you get comfortable with it. Because if we do that, then you won't go no further in life. Ah, come on. That's right. and, and, and a lot of folk, they get angry because we think more about them than they think about themselves. So they get hot. You understand what I'm saying? But all we're trying to do is get you to get in line and so that you can thrust yourself deeper into this thing. You know what I'm saying? Because the deeper you go, the more fish you catch. Right? Amen? Huh? But you got to remember this too. When you get out there in the deep, you got some sharks out there. And what sharks are too. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sharks out there now. So just don't go out there haphazardly 
You got to be taught. Didn't he tell it? Didn't he teach him before he thrust him out there and told him to go in the deep? Ain't that what he did? He said, first, I want you to go a little way. You know, just get your, get your foot wet. Because I, I got another plan for you, but I got to teach you first. Now, once I teach you, and after that, so now I'm going to tell you not launch out in the deep. Children, we've launched out into the deep. Now, now you better understand something. There's sharks out there. And they will take you for a ride. You better understand that now. You better understand where we're at and what we're doing. He tells Peter, those that are here, he said, now, I need for you to launch out into the deep. And when you do, I need you to let down your net for a draw, your net, your mind. In other words, you need to get a greater revelation of yourself. You got to stop thinking too, you think too small for yourself. You don't believe what God told you. When all God wants you to do is be taught, sit down, be taught by him, where he can show you and teach you how to launch yourself out into the deep. Verse 5 says, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, look here, we have told all night. Now you know he was frustrated, right? Okay, if you worked all week long and didn't get, okay, if you worked just all day long and didn't get paid for it, wouldn't you, would you like it? Well, how do you think they feel? And then here comes somebody that you don't even know telling you to launch out into the deep. You don't even know the man. But he's giving you some instruction. you all frustrated. You really don't want to hear nothing. But look what he did here. Verse 5. He said, and Simon, well, verse 5, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night, time of adversity, and have taken nothing. But look here. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Reminds me of Naaman. Elijah, Naaman thought that Elijah was supposed to come out and do this great big spectacle like church folk like, you know. They like a lot of noise. They like jumping over the pews. They, think, they call that God. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us. Educate us, Lord. Educate the church and the preachers who, 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 who do that and keep their people ignorant. Keep them jumping instead of educating them. God, help him. Help Jesus, he comes and <laughs> he tells us what he wants us to do. But now, because we ain't caught nothing, we kind of like want to buck on God sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to hear, do we? Y'all know how it is. But look what Peter did. Now, Peter... Simon Peter means the hearing of the word of God. See, see, if you ain't, if you, if you're not conditioned to hear, then you won't be able to hear. And if you can't hear the word of God, then you can't have no faith because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God, right? And I told you before. Now, how can you hear without a preacher? That's what the Bible say. And how can the preacher preach unless he's been sent? That's what the Bible say. That ain't what I say. That's what. The words say. So, the preacher tells the hearer of the word, Simon Peter, 
He says, Simon Peter tells uh, Jesus, he says, nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. Obedience. See, that's another thing a lot of y'all got a problem with. Obedience. And then when you're forced to obey, then you get mad. Come on. Just showing you. Just showing you us. You know. Now, if you want the fruit of your labor, then Jesus said, now look, thrust that in the deep. You understand? But because you got a problem with obedience, you won't do it. So if you don't do it, guess what? Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. He didn't have nothing. Hadn't caught nothing. And if you don't obey, you still won't have nothing. He still, his belly would still be hungry. Amen? So get your feelings out the way when God's trying to talk to you. Learn to obey. Don't you know it's better to stop yourself than for somebody else to stop you? Don't you, don't you know that? Don't you know that? Young folk, don't y'all know that? Don't you know that when that man put them cuffs on you that they don't care nothing about you? It is amazing how we as a people we don't allow one another like the old days to bring up our children the right way. So we let the police get them. Well, my child ain't going. You don't know what your child. You done lost your mind. That boy that picked up that gun was rich. His daddy was a film producer and writer in Hollywood. He was what you call a privileged child. But he says straight up, had wrote a 150-page book about what he was going to do, how he was going to do it, sat in the car with the gun and said, this is my last day. Said he had a problem with mankind because then he was ready to exact revenge on what humanity had did to him. And he was 23 years old. Well, how much can humanity do against you at that age? You know what I'm saying? And this guy pulls the trigger. Now, I saw that in a dream. I told y'all Wednesday night I saw a man with a gun in his hand sitting in a car. The pistol. So I'm telling you, when this stuff comes across this pulpit, y'all better listen and respect the God in me. You don't have to respect me, but you got to respect God's house. And you got to respect the God in me. Amen. Or you're going to find yourself in a whole lot of trouble. And let me, let me get this straight with everybody in here now. I will escort you out of here if you get out of order. And I got the boys in the blue suits that are back. Now I'm letting you know that now. I don't, I don't, I don't you see, because when it comes to God, this is how I look at it, church, where y'all can understand me more. I'm serious about this because when it comes to Jesus, I think when it come to God, he was serious about sending his son. And when it come to Jesus, Jesus was serious about dying for us. So I got the right to be serious too. As a leader. 
of God's people, I got a right to be serious too. Regardless of what any of y'all think. Because really it ain't even about what you think. It's all about what God think about me and the way I'm handling this thing. And God keep blessing me, so I think I'm doing okay. I think I'm doing all right. I know one thing. I ain't preaching no lies up here. Amen. That's right. I bet you that. If it ain't in the book, then we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. I, ain't, I, I don't want to waste your time like that. The look at the word. In verse 6 it says, Luke 5, verse 6 it says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a, not just a multitude, but it was a great multitude of fishes. And their nets break. In other words, now first of all, it takes all kinds, right? They, they pulled in all kinds of stuff. Takes all kinds, people. But after a while, you get so much of God in you until it's got to come out. The nets break. When the nets break, look what happened. And they beckoned. You know, you can be blessed so much that you have to holler for folk to come in here. I have so much, Brenda and I have so much stuff coming through the warehouse that we have to call folk from ministries from other places to come. Come. You beckon. You beckon them to come. You know what I'm saying? There's so much stuff, you know. Well, we used to do it here in Spartanburg. We did. We did it heavy here in Spartanburg. We did it heavy in Cherokee County up there in Gaffney, you know. But they didn't want nothing. All they did was stole and everything. They didn't really want. We used to have them over there at the right warehouse. They'd come with 40 cars. 40 cars lined up. Wouldn't none of them be at church. But one family would go out and get all them people. But you couldn't. They, they want God's blessing, but they don't want the blesser. They don't want God. So God said, shut that down and take it somewhere else. He did the same thing with Paul. He said, Paul, don't waste your time with the Jews no more. From now on, you go to the Gentiles. See, God will take it somewhere else. When we don't do the right thing with it, not we, but when you don't do the right thing, I'm going to do the right thing with it. That's why we're still rolling. When you don't do the right thing, then it'll get took from you. It will. So ain't it better to stop yourself? Can somebody else to stop you? Ain't it better? I'm preaching truth up in here. All you got to do is listen. All you got to do is listen. Bible says in verse 7 that, And they beckoned unto their partners, uh-huh, which were in what kind of ships? Other ships. Now I see the fishermen, they didn't got where they belong. And they should come and that they should come and help them. Mm-hmm. I like that. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sing. Boy, it's a lot. Now, when Simon Peter, that's the hearing of the word, when he saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful. Man, oh Lord. Now that's wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. That he would get a revelation. He got that revelation. And that revelation told him that first of all, he need to bow down. And second of all, that he need to depart from me for I'm a sinful man. See, this man wasn't saved. 
For he was astonished, verse 9, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. You know what's funny? That God had to do something in the physical to get him to believe who he was. He was astonished because of what he saw. Not because of what Jesus did, but because of what he saw. That's strange. You know, the Bible talks about how Moses, God gave Moses to know his ways. He made known the ways of God to Moses. But he made known the acts of God to the children of Israel. And I told you, some of the older ones before of what that means in, in the now situation. And I'm going to reiterate it because I think it needs to be said. You know, the acts of God. The miracles, the healings, and all of that. You know, people look for that. But next week, they're looking for it again. They're always looking for an explosion. Well, that's Israel. They were shown the acts of God. But I'd rather be like Moses. I'd rather know the way of God. He showed Moses his ways. Showed them his acts. Guess what? When you see the acts of God, you will soon forget and you will want another. Over, if you don't believe me, look at the children of Israel. He did one miracle after another, they forget. Then he had to come and do it again, they forget. Then he had to come and do it again. All through the wilderness, you know. But once you know the way of God, then you, miracles aren't miracles when you know the way of God. You know why? Because it's all easy to God. Ain't nothing hard for God to do. So we run around here looking for miracles. I'm looking for God. I'm just looking for God. I'm not looking for the acts of God. No, I need to, I need to know where he is in me. That's what's going to help me knowing his ways. You know what I'm saying? Because the Bible says, yes, boy, I speak in tongues, and though I prophesy and I do all of this stuff, you know, hey, if I ain't got love, and that's the way of God, if I ain't got love, guess what? I'm just a cloud without rain or a symbol that's just tingling. You know, you ever heard a lot of folks make a lot of noise, but they ain't really saying anything? You, know, you, ever, you ever ran up on them kind of people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. You see? You know, a wise, the Bible says a wise man considered wise till he opened his mouth. A fool considered wise till he opened his mouth. That's what the word say. So when, you, when, when we're up in these places, you know what I'm saying? And you think that, oh, God is up in here and he's doing all this and that. That's just, spectac- that's just antics, you know. And my cousin was down yesterday. They deacons and, and deaconesses in the church. And uh, they were telling me about how they still, how they roll on the floor. And, you know, they throw the sheet over them and all that. You know, the women wear the short dressing and showing their goodies and stuff. And, you know, they just throw it. I'm just saying, man, it's ridiculous, you know. But, you know, you come in with a short dress and then you're going to fall on the floor. And then you're going to try to pull it down. Well, you might, come on, man. What are you doing? What you doing? That's stupid. I mean, my God, you know. So now you done fell all on the floor. You dress all up above your head. They got to put a, uh, they got folks standing around throwing. Y'all done been in them places. Oh, don't play with me. Don't play with me up in here. This is truth speaking church. Come on, Richard, that's right. 
hollering about God was in the place. But they don't be more no God than man in the moon because if you knew the ways of God, then why you raised so much hell up in the church? Because the way of God is unity. It's agreeing. It's love. It's harmony. See, if you knew the way of God, then you wouldn't be raising all that hell. Come on, that's right. So you speaking in tongues and you rolling on the floor and you jump across pews and you call yourself slain in the spirit. I ain't never known God to kill nobody in the spirit. So I ain't never figured that one out. You know, you laying all there on the floor like you crazy because some old, some old ditwit preacher done popped you upside the head and done pushed you down and you fall down and you all on the floor and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So the lady up there said, why don't you just leave them alone, let them fall. She got tired of it. Just let them fall. Because yeah. if it was God, God ain't going to make nobody have to stand behind you and you fall and hit your, keep you from hitting your head on there and killing yourself. You talking about that's the spirit. you just as ignorant. You're just ignorant as you can be. Now y'all know how ignorant the church is. I'm talking to somebody. Ignorant. Just plain out ignorant. No other word for it. I can hear them now. Oh, that preacher crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy for the Lord. If you think about it, you get up off that floor and get with it too. Instead of falling on the floor and then next week you back again falling on it. Thought you got delivered last week. There you is again. Want some attention. Crazy, man. That's stupid, man. And we call ourselves children of God. They're just idiots. <laughs> All right, baby. Don't get me cranked up. Now, verse 9 says that he was astonished. And all that were with him at the drop of the fish, fishes, different kinds, takes all kinds, which they had taken. And so was also, look who's there with him. Because you'll always find these three run together. James, John, and Peter. James represents the will of God. It was there. John represents the grace of God. It was there. And they were sons of Zebedee. The word Zebedee means to give. Zebedee is giving. And this is what God is trying to build in us. Notice that grace and oh, which is John and James, which is the will of God. Notice that they were the builders of giving in you. You see, see, we got to learn how to give. We've got to learn how to allow God to build in us that spiritual aspect of giving. You see, now we can only do this through God's word. That's why Peter, James and John they run close and neck to neck throughout the Gospels. The Bible says that, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which is the sons of giving, the builders of giving, which were partners with Simon, which is the hearing of God. So you see, the hearing of the word of God, the will of God and the grace of God is partners with the hearing of the word of God. See, all that runs neck and neck. I'm just trying to give you some understanding up in here. Some spiritual understanding. And they were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch what? Men. See, he changed the strategy. Now you won't be catching 
fish anymore, but now I got a new business for you. You want to go into the men catching business instead of the fish catching business. And when, verse 11 says, and when they had brought their ships to land, this represents the fact that they had surrendered themselves to God's word. They were about to land their ship. In other words, they were about to surrender themselves to what God would have them to do. Notice what they did. They forsook what? Not some, but forsook and followed who? Him. Look at Matthew 9, verse 17. Somebody go there. Matthew 9, 17. In the book of Matthew 9, 17, now notice what we're talking about here. We're talking about how they surrendered themselves and forsook all and followed him. In other words, it was a new day, right? New things were happening, correct? Amen? Watch Matthew 9, verse 17. Are we there? It says, Neither do men put new wine into old bottles. You see that? Or else the bottles will break. All right, let that be a lesson to those of us who think that you can put this new thing into them old bottles. That old way, that ain't working, y'all. Do you understand what I'm saying, y'all? The old way, trying to put the new thing that God is doing in your life, and you can't put it in the old bottle now, because the Bible says right here, if you put the new wine into the old bottle, say it'll break. And the wine runneth out, mm, and the bottle bottles perish. You the bottle. The spirit, the wine, runs out of you because it broke. So the spirit gone, and you gone too because the bottle, the Bible said, perishes. But they put new wine into new bottles. And both are preserved. Go to Ezekiel's uh, 11, verse 19. I, I want you to see this. Ezekiel. Whew. Yeah, I believe I said 11, 19. Yeah. Are we there? All right. Tell me when you get there. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I'll be there. All right, look what it says here. He says, I will give them one what? They ain't got nothing to do with this fleshly heart. That heart, that word heart there means one mind. Okay? The Bible says, I'm going to give them one mind. We're talking about putting this new, this new wine, this new spirit. And I will put a new what? Spirit within you. So, I got, I'm going to give you a... One mind, I'm going to give them, the church, the assembly, one heart, one mind. We got a heart, we got a mind, but the same thing, okay? All right. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put a new spirit within you. That's the new wine. So you see, the new heart, which is the new mind, that's the new bottle. That's the new bottle right there. You got to change your mind. You got a new mind. Now, 
you're able to receive the new revelations of God that he's going to give you to take your life to the next place that it's going. See, God never intended for you to stay at the same level. We do that to ourselves. Because a lot of times what we do is we fight God's growth process in us. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We want to always see what God got for us and be willing to do what he would have us to do. The Bible says here, I'm going to put a new spirit within you and I will take out that stony heart, that that crazy mind, that lunatic mind. 